0: and rely on his promises every day. Okay, back into Luke chapter 22. As we inch through. Um, so I've got today, I'm doing Luke 22 uh, verses 3 verses through three to 6. Um, But I just want to do the first few verses as well from last week just to help set the context and just remind us again of of what's going on. So, of course, as you remember, we're literally... I think we're basically into the last day now before Jesus' trial and execution, or the day before. Um, But we're in Jerusalem, um, and we start 22, verse 1. Now, the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew near, which is called Passover... And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money, so he promised and sought opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of the multitude." Okay, so here we have Judas getting a mention. This is the second mention in, in Luke's Gospel. The only, the only time we see Judas mentioned before uh, is in like Luke 6 when Jesus picked out his 12 disciples. Um, and he, 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 picks, he picked a real mixed bag of people in his disciples. Um, for example, he picked a tax collector who of course would be hated by the Jews at that point in time. <coughs> And he also picked a zealot, someone who wanted liberation for the Jews. And you have those two people on the team. What a mix! (laughs) So, so and then in amongst all that, we have Judas. Okay, and later on, we'll learn about Judas. He's actually a thief. So he's the treasurer of the team, and he's a thief. Um, So Jesus Jesus picks this guy, and he's the last one that gets a mention uh, in the list in in Luke six. And here we find him, his second mention in Luke's Gospel, and in the first verse that mentions his name, second, yeah. it says, Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. Satan entered Judas. Uh, excuse me. Ponder that one for a minute. So Jesus had a ministry, and as part of his ministry, some sickness, some infirmity is caused by an evil spirit or a demon, okay? a a spiritual personality. Um, uh, A friend of mine, um, she was an occupational therapist, um, and uh, she was seeing a patient. This patient had never met her before. Uh, As she walked into the room, she hadn't opened her mouth, and the patient said, don't talk to me about Jesus. Don't, don't you talk to me about Jesus. Okay? So some, some things we can give it a medical word, but sometimes there is still a, a force in operation, a spiritual force in operation. And that's what was going on with, with uh, Judas. So anyway, so Jesus went about ministering to people. Uh, he cast spirits out. We, we, we learn about spirits of deafness, uh, spirits of infirmity. But here we have the prince of the spirits, the prince of the evil spirits, literally inhabiting this guy, Judas, which is incredible, isn't it? If you like, he had the check the job was going to get done. That's maybe one way of looking at it. But we'll talk more about that in a little while. So some people think that when the Antichrist eventually comes, he too will be inhabited by the devil, by Satan. Mm Um, Scripture doesn't say that, I don't think, but it certainly talks about the Antichrist operating in the signs and wonders associated with the enemy. And we can read that in uh, 2 Thessalonians. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verse 8 to 10 I'm reading here. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth, and destroy with the brightness of his coming. If you remember, we talked about that a few weeks ago. When talking where we were in the midst of Luke 21, and we talked about Jesus' return, and uh, that's what that first part is referring to as a gentle reminder. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish. Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. So, whatever's going on there, uh, plainly this Antichrist, this personality in the future, will be using the power of the devil. And interestingly, both the Antichrist and Judas have the same title. Okay, so in Thessalonians, uh, Paul refers to the Antichrist as the son of perdition. Okay, literally, son of destruction. Um, yeah, son of chaos. And John, in John's gospel, we're not looking at it today, but in John's gospel, Judas is referred to as the son of perdition. Incredible, isn't it? So what's God trying to say to us? What's the Holy Spirit trying to say to us? That these two characters have the same name. Judas we know about because he's come and gone. This Antichrist character is yet to come. And yet they both have this same title, son of perdition so is there a type there is there a type in which the antichrist will actually be filled with the enemy probably Um, but anyway that's for the future (laughs) so when 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 you preach on subjects like this and you start talking about evil spirits and things like that Christians can get quite worried really especially when talking about Satan entering somebody so folk can get into a real position of fear and think well can that happen to me so I'd like to set your mind at ease here. Okay, I don't believe a Christian can be possessed. Um, so let me just explain that why that is. Um, there's a passage in uh, one Thessalonians five. We were in two Thessalonians two just earlier, but in one Thessalonians five that says this. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the scripture talks about us as human beings having a spirit, having a soul, and having a body. And I've got a slide here with uh, one way of representing this in my head is with these three circles. Okay? So as I look at you, I'm looking at your body. Okay, I can't see your soul and I can't see your spirit in the middle in the centre of you your being if you like you have a spirit and then your soul is what I would call your mind your will and your emotions if you like when you think in your head that's your soul okay now when Adam fell his spirit died okay um, you know the story uh Uh, God basically said you can eat of any tree you like but of this tree the tree of knowledge of good and evil you must not eat for in the day you eat thereof you shall surely die and in the Hebrew it's dying you will die and you know the story they ate uh, Eve took first then uh, Adam who was with her took and they ate and then suddenly their eyes were opened Um, and then God comes into the garden they're hiding from God God comes looking for his friend. And then he he basically says, what happened to you? And uh, Adam did not say at that point, we've messed up, help us. Uh, He said, God, it's all your fault. It's this woman you gave me. All right? And uh, men have been trying to blame their wives (laughs) ever since. So... uh, In the Hebrew, it's dying, you will surely die. So they got ejected from the garden, but Adam didn't die for hundreds of years. But what happened was he died inside. And when we become Christians, when we get born again, our spirit comes alive in the center of us. Anyway, it's even better than that. It's even better. I mean, how can it be better than that? Um... Sorry, first of all, i got this 2 Corinthians 5, actually. Let's do 2 Corinthians 5 first. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. He's a new creation. There's not been one like this before. Okay, now we're born again. Um, and then it goes on. So not, not only do we get born again, our spirit comes alive. But God's Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, comes to live inside us. Galatians 4.6 says this. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. The spirit of his son has been sent into our hearts. Okay, the Greek word there is "cardia," and it's really, is it in our soul? Is it in our spirit? It's clearly in our spirit, uh, but sometimes it's difficult to separate spirit from soul. And in the book of Hebrews, it talks about the word of God that can rightly discern and make a distinction between the soul and the spirit. And this is is a discern of the thought and intent of the heart. So, Not only is your spirit alive, but you've now got Jesus on the inside of you. Just think about that for a minute. The spirit of Jesus is inside you. Dave, that sounds like heresy to me. Well, that's the plain reading of the scripture, isn't it? The plain reading of the scripture is that Jesus is inside me. So I've now got the power of God, and you have all got the power of God inside you. So when you're on your own in the middle of the night, and Satan's giving you hell... You've got the power of God inside you. God has not left you bereft. Okay, and it says elsewhere, doesn't it? He will never leave us nor forsake us, even unto the end of the age. So we got no business, we got no business praying, God be with me. Okay, once you know these scriptures, you've got no business praying that. Please don't pray that. It's unbelief. All right. Because God has said to us, he's inside us and he's with us and he'll never leave us nor forsake us even unto the end of the age. So now we can say, Lord, I thank you that... You said you'll never leave me nor forsake me. Lord, right now I don't feel you're close by me, but I know what your word says and I stand on your word that says that you never leave me nor forsake me. So... Can can uh, can a, a christian be demon possessed i don't believe they can can a christian have trouble from a spirit i believe they can <laughs> um so if you like uh the soul is the, is your mind your will and emotions and you can have a lot a lot of stuff going on in there and plainly there are some sicknesses that are rooted in in the in spirits okay so christians make um, one of two mistakes when talking about spiritual forces or spirits that have a personality. They don't talk about it at all and pretend it's not there. Or they talk about it a lot and your washing machine's got one. Okay, so you wash <laughs> okay, your washing machine needs deliverance. Okay, so I, I'm in the school that there's a middle road here somewhere, okay? So if you're feeling a bit down today, it's probably because it's cloudy and it's raining rather than necessarily that you need deliverance. In my experience, people that need deliverance, need setting free, need a word of authority spoken over them, however you want to phrase that, um, is people have opened a door to the enemy. There's a choice that's been made. In some way, that's opened a door to the enemy. Uh, Let me explain a bit more. Uh, so many. <laughs> uh, okay, let's start with me, okay? Let's start with me. Um, so before I became a Christian, one of the things I did, I was deeply into astrology. Uh, deeply into it, okay? And um, my mind was becoming tormented, started to become tormented, and um I didn't know what was going on. And a very good friend of mine became a Christian. Now, who's that lady sat over there? (laughs) And uh, that challenged me over the personality of Jesus. Who was this Jesus? Was he Lord, liar, or lunatic? So either Jesus was who he said he was, which means we have to respond because he says some crazy things, or he was genuinely trying to delude people, or uh, he was deluding himself. And the conclusion I came to, obviously, because I'm stood here today, <laughs> is Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Son of God. And I, as I prayed the prayer of commitment, it wasn't until a few days later, but I was aware that the battle in my mind had stopped raging. It had stopped raging. Um, a few years later, I was in a, staying in a hotel, uh, I was traveling on business, and in this hotel, outside each of the doors of the hotel, there was a picture that corresponded to a birth sign, if you're into that sort of stuff. So my birthday was in November, and the, the sign outside the door was suitable for people born in November. <laughs> so that freaked me out. It really freaked me out. Um, and I was traveling with somebody, and it was the same thing was ha- had happened to them. So after the business trip, I got home. I got home in the middle of the day, and our house group was meeting. And um, I went into the house group, and I explained how this freaked me out. And I said, I feel like there's a cord still attached to me. And so at that point, um, the, the house group and Susan was there too. They prayed a prayer of authority over me, basically. They said, in the name of Jesus we break the power of this in your life, we cut you loose, da-da-da-da-da. And I've never been bothered since. I've never been bothered since. So I opened the door to the enemy. Okay? When I became a Christian, the door closed. But if you like, there was still something hanging on, or trying to hang on, that, uh, that just needed a prayer of authority spoken. And maybe that's true of you today. You know. First of all, if you're not a Christian get saved, okay? Because if we pray a prayer of authority over a person and they're not going to get saved, we are doing you no favours whatsoever. Okay, let me just read from you uh, something that Jesus said uh, from Luke 11. Uh, This is Jesus speaking. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man... He goes through dry places seeking rest. And finding none, he says, I will return to my house which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So if you're not going to get set free, if you're not going to become a Christian, we are not going to pray a prayer of authority over you. Because we will be doing you no favours whatsoever. Okay? And you could end up in a worse situation than you are today. Uh, But if you want to get set free, you can be set free before you go home today. In Jesus' name. And as I say, as Christians, you know, if you're feeling a bit down, don't necessarily think you need a prayer of authority. You need to encourage yourself in a word maybe and the sun needs to come out. (laughs) Um, but uh, if you've pushed a door open and you have, you know, particular symptoms, maybe uh, extreme fear in certain situations or stuff like that, then, you know, maybe there's a conversation to be had. Okay. So, if you like, um, your will has to be involved. Okay, so I think even with Judas with that spirit soul and body diagram the soul your will and your emotions in a sense they have to participate to let the thing in uh, on you and for a christian as i said it doesn't come into your spirit it's whether it's on the flesh or in the flesh uh, christians will have some arguments about that but you've got to be set free in the name of jesus and it's not in your spirit okay Uh, but there has to have been in my head there has to have been some Quite serious opening of the door to the enemy. Okay, so why haven't we Judas then? So, as I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, Judas was a thief, Um, and we can read about that uh, in Luke 22. Sorry, I've got Luke 22. No, we can't read about him being a thief in Luke 22. Let's go back to Luke 22 and just remind ourselves of the rest of the passage that we're doing this morning. So Luke 22, 4 to 6. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he promised and saw opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of the multitude. So, why did uh, Judas betray Jesus? And there's a lot of theories about this. My personal opinion, he did it just for the money. It's as simple as that. In John 12, we read this. So there's this story of the the lady that poured the expensive ointment all over Jesus. um, And... Uh, I think it's Judas that says this. Why was the fr- this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? I just find this in- amazing. You know, what, what do you do if you've got a treasurer who's embezzling? Do you know what I mean? It's- and yet, so we don't, did Jesus encounter did Jesus, did Jesus challenge Judas at all? We don't know. We don't know the answer to that question. But anyway, so uh, we have this example here from John, and Judas is just thinking about the money. And I believe that personally that Judas was just thinking about the money. He saw this as an opportunity for a swift buck, right Whenever Jesus had been in difficult situations before, Jesus always walked through it. Okay, he was preaching one time. You've heard me say this. They wanted to throw the preacher off a cliff. Okay, so they took Jesus up to an edge of a cliff. They wanted to throw him off, and it says that Jesus walks through the midst. Okay, so in every other situation before, uh, Jesus had just walked straight through. So, um, you know, in the Luke 22 passage, he agreed to give him money. So he's negotiating a price, you know, he's arguing with them about. How much they're going to give him for betraying Jesus? So some people uh, believe that uh, in some way, you know, Judas was maybe a zealot, and he was looking to force the coming of the Messiah's kingdom, uh, force the, the 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 Romans being kicked out, basically. Um, and yeah, that's another view. Okay, other people have that view. Um, you can take that view if you want. In fact, you may have that view. <laughs> okay. Praise God. So, one of the things that was also going on, of course, with the whole uh, money thing is it was a fulfillment of prophecy. Um, so you notice we can pan forward, if you like, in a story a little bit. Um, uh, they're in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, Judas comes with this, basically this large group of people to arrest Jesus. Uh, Jesus is arrested and he's taken off uh, into custody. Um, It's all being done at night. Um, And Judas realizes when uh, Jesus is sentenced that he's betrayed an innocent man. So Judas... Uh, goes to the priests and he basically tries to give them back their money. Uh, 30 pieces of silver. Okay, not a lot of money. 30 pieces of silver. And the the, the priests basically say, oh, oh, we can't take this money because this, um, so this is blood money. So many questions. This is blood money, so we'll buy a field with it. Um, and they bought a potter's field. And... All that was prophesied, okay? Matthew quotes the prophecy uh, in Matthew 27. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, and they took the 30 pieces of silver, the value of him who was priced, whom they of the children of Israel priced, and gave them to the potter's field as the Lord directed. So the, uh, the incredible thing, so precise, the prophecy 30 pieces of silver in a potter's field. And one of the things that we can do, you know, as I mentioned when talking about prophecy in the midst of Luke 21, is we can rejoice because these prophecies, if they've not come true already, they will. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You can bet your bottom dollar. It's. it's yeah. A terrible pun yeah that's right they will they will come true these prophecies will come true and we have that assurance in God's word you know we know how this pans out we we've read the ending you know we, we we've seen the end and uh, Jesus wins hallelujah okay so what have we learned today wow <laughs> well we've learned that Jesus is inside us if you're a Christian Jesus is inside you today and if you're not a Christian you can change that in an instant okay Uh, what did I do I I believed in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead I was convinced of that he was a person that lived and uh, then I decided to make him the Lord of my life so that's when you break the sound barrier and you say, Jesus is the Lord of my life. Um, and that's how you become a Christian. As simple as that. Um, and then ideally, you get baptised. And uh, we have an opportunity for people that want to get baptised. If you've not been already, or you might have been had water thrown at you as a kiddie, and you might want to go through the waters of baptism, um... If you're happy with having water thrown at you as a kiddie, that's fine. I hope I've not offended anybody in saying that. Although I'm sure I have. I do apologise now. <coughs> um, but anyway, there's an opportunity. We're renting a swimming pool in January. Uh, we've had a couple of people come forward already that want to go through the waters of baptism. Um, we will run uh, just a, a short session, a kind of baptismal class, if you like. Um, in the very early days of the early church, uh, they generally baptised you as soon as you made your prayer commitment. Okay, even if it was the middle of the night, they would go and find some water and they would baptise you. Later on in the life of the church, you went in for a 20-week, 30-week baptismal course. All right? So, we're doing some, something in between, okay? <laughs> just a one-week baptismal course. Um, and then you can go through the waters of baptism. But it just helps faith to be an operation because you're dying with Christ and you're being raised with him and I remember when Sue got baptised she said hold me down <laughs> she, said, <laughs> she said hold me down she said I want to be aware that I am dying to Christ and whenever I baptise people since I, I warn them, I say to them are you ok because I'm going to hold you down for two or three seconds just, uh, do it <laughs> just yeah just <laughs> well, it, it, then again it, you know, I mean, some people obviously don't want that, and I've had people that don't want to go butt back, down backwards. They just want to go straight down, and they're holding their nose and all that sort of stuff. But hey, praise God. So, we've covered a lot uh, in the Word, and I'm going to pray in a moment. But as if something's spoken to you out of the Word, and you specifically want uh, us to pray for you, and grab hold of Mark or Lydia of myself uh, at the end of the service that would be good and we will pray, we'll pray with you so let's just pray father i just thank and praise you for your goodness i thank you for the, your word and the truth of your word Lord. i thank you for just opening our eyes uh, today to what you've done in jesus lord your great love for us and just the fact that his spirit is now inside us what an awesome thing that is that's an incredible thing, Lord, and we just rejoice in that this morning. We just thank you for it, and we give you praise, and we give you honour, and we give you glory. And uh, Lord, I just right now I would just pray for anybody who's struggling, um, and that needs a prayer of authority spoken over them, that they would find somebody that can pray that prayer uh, in Jesus' mighty and wonderful.